Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Easy Rollers. We are live. Um, Ooh, this is rare. Yes, Gilded Branch is Logan. He's got the dreaded lurgy. Um, he's not very well at the moment, so uh, let's all wish him well, and hopefully he recovers fairly soon. Um, so he's he's in the background running the stream, but uh, he's not going to be uh, playing tonight, unfortunately. Um, bit of a different format. We're going to be playing shortly with the you know the recap and such. Obviously, the bit of a blunder last what last time. If you watched us live, then um, you obviously know what happened. If you didn't, you would have missed it because obviously there wasn't a podcast, there wasn't a YouTube catch up. Um, we forgot to press record, so sorry about that. But never mind. We're going to do a bit of a Q and A. Um, it's been a bit hit and miss, hasn't it? Only over the last few months with internet problems for uh, for steve so we're gonna we're gonna do a bit of a q a so um i've got some questions for the guys they've got some questions for me get to know a bit more about the characters perhaps about the campaign in a bit more depth and then we're going to go into the recap and i think it's going to be a bit of a, a a a joint effort on the recap so um if i've missed anything um they're gonna sort of fill in some gaps because i was running the stream last time and it's um turns out it's quite difficult to run a stream and dm a game it's um quite distracting so my memory is a bit patchy of what happened. So let's go straight into the Q&A, shall we? Let's find my questions for you guys. Uh, we won't do Logan's because uh, obviously he's not going to really be able to answer us. Um, let's start off with Volta. Or Volta. Um, Volta, uh, you're a very colourful character um, and absolutely a man of mystery. What do you think motivates Volta aside from finding his family? Nothing. In in fact, finding his family is the driving force behind his entire soul at the moment. If that were removed, who knows what would take its place? So he's he's definitely channel, um, channeling Harrison Ford for a lot of uh, non-Star Wars related movies where he's always after his family. He's looking for his family. That's the fella, yeah. Yeah. Um, if anyone in family chat <laughs> If anyone in chat wants to ask any questions as well, please feel free. Um can you tell us a bit about your choices that led to the creation of Walter and why the Demonic Pact, for example? Why the Demonic Pact is a pretty easy one to answer. It's the only Warlock thing I had access to via the Player's Handbook and the basic rulebook. So <laughs> the Demonic Pact was the thing I had to choose, so that shaped the story of Walter because he had to have a reason for turning Demonic, um, had to have a, some sort of dark sort of past that would, would drive that. Obviously, your world was uh, a little bit dark in its way anyway, so that sort of fitted in with the storyline. But yeah, essentially, it was uh, what was available on uh, D&D Beyond as, as a freebie. Awesome. Okay. Uh, and if he could have anything, what would it be? Oh, I think uh, a few extra spell slots would be lovely. He doesn't have many of them. No, if he could have anything, obviously he'd have his, his family returned to him because um, the sort of driving force, his whole raison d'etre is saving his family from the, the, the trouble that he knows that they're in. Um, if he could have anything and have a second thing, he would probably um, bring down the nobility and um, launch a new wave of enlightenment and loveliness across the world while still being a little bit demonic. So he's a slightly confused character. I was going to say, that does sound a bit confusing. <laughs> well, I'm playing in that way. He has got that little bit of light left to his soul, but he's also got this 
growing shadow over what's left of it, I guess. Um, so, next question was, does Wolfer have any plans after his family is found? That kind of depends on what happens after his family is found and, and the sort of events that unfold around that. Because obviously his plan is to rescue his family and to put them in a safe place and end the threat to them. Um, but you don't know how these things work out, so I guess he's going to have to plan on the hoof as much as possible. But yeah, it's, it's secure his family, put them in a safe place and remove any threat from ever threatening them again. Cool. Um and final question was, how would you like things to progress for Wolfer? I mean, obviously, it'd be nice to rescue his family and do all that, but that's not within Volta's control. Um, so, again, it depends. See, don't really know where he's going until we know what goes on with the story. That's yeah. where he's at. He's at this finely balanced point where the future's unknown to him. He just knows he's aiming at this. That's what he'd like to be able to do. But on either side of this is a sheer drop to pretty dark spaces and pretty dark acts, I would imagine. So the future is very undecided as far as Walter's concerned. Cool. So that's great. Um, we're going to go over to Captain Downface with Kanan. Um, so your questions. Uh, and again, if anyone in chat wants to ask questions, please jump in. Um, while creating Kanan, how did you feel about the mashing up of a few elements to create this vision-like character? Uh, it was... I think the most fun part of that was, um, was sort of the peeking behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sort of knew certain bits were coming, um, and the most fun that came from that was seeing the other guys' reactions to when they happened. Um so it was it was it was fun to see how like, sort of how it all came to be. But then in terms of actually creating Keenan, he's very much a sort of a homebrew thing. So it was all about balancing and finding the right balance between powerful enough to, to sort of hold his own without being too OP and um monks I think in particular anyway are are, are um, a different kind of powerful than um than something that just does a lot of damage so yeah that was that was fun cool um i mean he's got a range of pretty cool abilities so which of those do you like and what do you uh what would you like to have to enhance his abilities if anything um i like the whole the whole floating thing <laughs> And the uh, the sort of charismatic radius aura that comes around him when that happens. Um, I think that one time I used it to uh, to intimidate. I can't remember who we were intimidating at the time, but it was we were all just like growing into our different forms and everything. That was that was <laughs> pretty cool. I um, think the uh, bully works, wasn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, what would it like to have? I don't know. Obviously, we've in terms, uh, of, in terms of being more vision-like, then the, the whole intangibility thing could be cool. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got that. We had that discussion about that little thing I've been yes. creating. Yeah. Um, which I thought was quite cool. But um, 
What did you think about Pelor's possible view of a future where uh, he uh, Kanan appears to plunge into the planet, ending his own life and stopping the evil plaguing the world finally? Um, I didn't really. Uh, <laughs> I didn't really appreciate the implications of what was happening during that. <laughs> Just saw plunging into the world. I didn't. I didn't consider that might be a, a life-ending end, event. So, <laughs> so that's quite. A, <laughs> yeah, that's quite a lot of pressure. Well, I mean, it, it was only a possible future. Yes, <laughs> because the future is obviously always changing. Um, let's see what else we have on there for you. Uh, did you enjoy the story leading up to the evolution of HK into Keenan? Hmm. Yeah, I think I, this is what I touched on in the first one, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because that was quite um, a big uh, cliffhanger, that, wasn't it? When, um... Yeah, well, I mean, from from the very start of when we started streaming back in episode one, the um, that's when things were starting, because I immediately had ten less feet of movement, and I started yeah. shutting down slowly from that point. Um, and I think it didn't become apparent for two or three episodes that there was something a bit off, like... Like, it took a while. Um, yeah, I think there was one time when everyone was on a, a carriage or horses or something, and because I couldn't get exhausted, I was just sprinting the whole way. And then when we got back, it turned out that I just knackered my core even more by doing that, so I lost even more movement. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think uh, it twigged really, did it? I think that's when we had a private chat and was just like, "Now nah, let's uh, let's ramp it up a little bit." And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, cool, okay. Let's go across to Lily. Uh, so, your questions. As the newest member of the group, how did you find it fitting in with the other players? Um, which is something a lot of people probably find quite intimidating if they're joining an established group. Um, it was really straightforward with you guys. Like, um, I knew Dan from before and we had played again. Uh, but... Um, the moment I joined you, it was as if uh, I knew you, and I think our chemistry was really uh, good straight away. I, I didn't feel as if I was new to the group. I felt as, as if I was a part of the group straight away. Cool. Okay. I suppose it's easier when you've got you know the media out there where you can sort of listen along or watch along. So you kind of like it's easier to probably integrate in with that. Um, but also, you made me feel uh, very welcome. You know, from the first day, I didn't, I didn't feel as if I was coming in a part of a, an already formed group. That it was difficult for me to come and join yeah. you guys. You just made it very easy for me. Cool. Okay. Well, uh, I don't know that everyone's particularly aware of Lily's background. So, did you want to um, fill everyone in a bit with, with? Who Lily is, really? Yeah, um, she's a she's a fairly young elf. She's a high elf, and uh, she comes from the city of Vilandalus. Um, she comes from a noble family, and uh, she's like a kind of the black sheep of the family because uh, her father is uh, was an advisor of the king, and her mother is a priestess of um, uh, oh I forgot of Melora. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was like a, a follow-up, like it was obvious to her family that she will become also a priestess, like her sister, 
you know, all the family traditions. But she was always a bit unique as a child. She was always a little bit, always going out to play with nature. Was uh, She was just running uh, away from her nanny. And she was going with her friends to the fields and play with animals. And so she was kind of chaotic and a bit sick as a child. So uh, when she decided to um, study with uh, one of a very famous druid uh, uh, of the area, uh, Merlin, uh, her family did not take it really well <laughs> because it wasn't what they were expecting. But um, with the recent events and after Ilanda was destroyed and we had to, you know, to start a new life, she, her skills helped to in the family to adapt in a less noble life, more, you know, like in the woods life. And uh, now that the king has sent her to help, you know, to take part of this rescue group, they kind secretly feel a bit proud of her. Uh, but yeah, she still remains the, the, the black sheep of the family and <laughs> uh, they are not very happy with her sometimes. Um, you can see when, when you talk to her, um, you can see that there is a lot of chaos in her mind, but at the same time, you can see her noble um, background, because even though she is really, you know, childish and, um, uh, you know, rep repulsive, it not, uh, when you do things impulsive, is it impulsive? Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you do things that you don't think, um, even though she does these things, uh, she still has you can see that she still has like a superiority against other races, other people. She doesn't do it on purpose, but it's just you know, it comes up to her like that, yeah, without being rude or anything. Just, you see that this is her upbringing, but yeah, she's a bit greedy, she likes wealth. She likes power. She doesn't care about good or bad. She just wants to earn as much as she can. Okay. Bit of a, a power player, a power character. <laughs> um, for anyone joining us recently, we are just doing a bit of a Q&A to catch up with where we, or the lost episode, as, uh, as Corpse called it, um, due to the hiccup with recording last episode. Um, of course, if you were able to watch us live, then uh, you'll know what happened. But um, just for those who didn't, we're just going over a few things. Um, so, what else was there for you? Um, what do you think... Well, you probably answered it a little bit in that last one, but how do you think Lily feels about being dropped into going from probably honing some skills and sort of just doing odd jobs here and there to being dropped into the middle of this kind of war of... Uh, involving demons and gods and such alike. Yeah, well, she apparently she loves it because this is why she wanted to become an adventurer and uh, do something different with her life. Uh, she really enjoys it. She has all this youth and uh, hunger for new experiences and, you know, as I said before, power and uh, all these things. Uh, <clears throat> but at the same time, she does... She does feel annoyed with herself because she's still not very mature and she's not a very, you know, experienced uh, druid. So sometimes she finds 
things difficult, like for example, with the last wish uh, spell that she did, and she got really upset with herself because she could have studied more <laughs> to learn more about it <laughs> and understand it better, so she can, you know, help more on the situation. But yeah, she she still learns. Uh, and your final one was, um, what do you think, if anything, Lily would wish for if she had a choice, or what would you like to give Lily if you could? A golden dragon. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, she wants she wants power. She wants uh, wealth. She wants to be famous, but at the same time, she wants to be like... Um, free to enjoy these things. She likes being an adventurer. She's a power-hungry character. Uh, But at the same time, she doesn't like anybody to control her, so she wants to enjoy life as much as she can. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, So that's a bit about each of the characters. Obviously, we haven't done Logan's. uh, Steve is under the weather. so questions for the group as a whole. So jump in and answer these as you want to. Uh, and for anyone new to watching or just joined us, please do feel free to ask any questions of the group. Um, how on a whole is everyone enjoying the campaign? I quite enjoy it very much. Um, I find our interactions really funny and it is really interesting. And uh, I like the way it is progressing. I mean, it wouldn't really be here if you weren't enjoying it, would you, to be honest? (laughs) It's certainly taken a few different turns than I was expecting at various points. Oh, yeah. Before we started streaming, we sort of, we went from a a dank, underdark cave, and suddenly we were on Asgard talking to Thor. (laughs) That was uh, that was quite <laughs> seat of the pants sort of stuff for me. Though I mean, yeah, I know you were trying to escape the underdark, and you kind of there was that pool there, mm. um, which kind of just led down the rabbit hole, didn't it? Really, and yeah, <laughs> I, didn't... I didn't see it coming for sure. <laughs> well, it was like, how do I get you back from being like in these weird other planes of existence? That's <laughs> like it's going to have to be because I think someone just. I can't. I don't know who it was. Someone literally did say, "Let's go to Asgard," and I was like, oh, "Shit!" <laughs> <laughs> they know. I was like, "How do I get out of this?" <laughs> um, which is a question most DMs have asked themselves at some point. How do I get myself out of this? Um, you know, it made sense to have a, the the Bifrost to return you back to your own plane of existence. Uh. I think part of the story arc was you've got to go and try and track down Thor at Asgard or replace the Mjolnir type hammer or something. I can't remember now because it was a little while ago. But it was, there was certainly something that drove us to there that was in the story. I don't think it was just a, a random picnic decision. I think. No, there was something. Um, I think there was some sort of a weapon. There was a weapon mentioned uh, somewhere out in astral space that could probably... It's like a, it was like a god-killing weapon or something like that. I was dropping hints that you needed to go and do stuff, um, I think. But I can't remember. It's all... Some of the hints, now and again. I know, yeah, sometimes. 
Um, so the next one was, uh, is there anything as we progressed you'd like to see more or less of? I know there's, so for example, there's things which I have decided over time, like, oh, I just want to kind of like skip over stuff. You might notice some of the later episodes, perhaps, rather than role play everything. It's just like, right, who wants to go shopping? What do you want? Let's just do it. Take some money off your sheet and job done. Because we don't need to spend two hours talking to Joe Bloggs it's, about his... It's about balance, balance, really, isn't it? Because um, even too much of the best thing can, can just get samey. But at the same time, some of our most memorable role plays have come from shopping episodes. Oh, yeah. Sacrificing it's quite funny. In the last episode, there was an element of roleplay that no one will ever get to see. So it was quite yeah. fun to do it. It was. It was. You know, um, it, would have been, it would have been quite useful to have it out there, but it's forever lost into the void. And ha 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 ha, no one will ever know what went on. I know. It's such a shame. I'm really gutted about that. I was so annoyed that, that next morning I was like, right, let's get this episode sorted. Where is it? I was on the phone, Steve. Where is the episode? He went, oh, well, it should have recorded. I was like, no, it didn't. We went through the settings, and then, uh, and then he goes, "That should be checked for um, auto recording." I went, "Well, it's not checked, and you didn't say so." <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> it was very much sort of last-minute stuff, though, wasn't it? We weren't really expecting to have to do that, but hey ho, we managed to get together and play a game, so that was something. Um, we we got to have the RP session, which was quite good. You got to have the RP session. And that was actually another thing. I don't think we really spoke about it much, but for Lily, she was trying to use healing magic to recover Lord Taylor from his um, mortal wounds. Do you know what? I didn't want to allow it, purely because he was so far gone already. He was pretty much on death's door. I know healing magic would have brought him back, but for the story point, it's like, he has to die. He couldn't survive that. He had to. It was like it had to be something that even magic just couldn't. And perhaps there was something there that was missed. You know, I'm not going to give too much away. Perhaps you missed something. It just wasn't a magical means that could fix him like that. Because he had his wizards with him who could potentially have healed him. But um, yeah, not to try and steamroller and say no, you definitely can't do that. But it was it was a it was a story point. There was a reason for it. Um. So. Bit of a recappy sort of question. Um, the question was, in your minds, what do you think about the last session's revelation? Maybe we'll save that until the end because um, that can sort of quite nicely go into the recap. Um, and again, question four is pretty much the same. We had the recording error. Would you like to talk about that? Yes, we'll do that. Um, so I'll skip over two questions. We'll come back to those in a moment. How do you guys hope... They Baba ends like what do you where everything that's going on everything that's gone on how do you um, sort of anticipate the campaign might go from here on me um, maybe being able to take Landalus back and sort the lives of the Eriks uh, and uh, give them their home and uh, remove the demons from our plane. Well, let's not go too far. I mean, you know, the demons are doing all right. They're not that bad. Yeah, but also, and of course, <laughs> power and the uh, 
and fame for us as uh, people who will succeed that. I think I think killing Grift and seeing how long it'll take Logan to pick up the cursed sword will be an amusing side point. Oh mm. wait, now he has uh, somebody else that might <laughs> challenge him for that. Because if it is shiny, she will like it too. Um, well, if it's shiny and Lily wants it, I can absolutely guarantee you, you won't be playing Lily for much longer. That's okay. <laughs> this is good. We saw how that end, um, ended in the first ever episode. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like we're, uh, we're reasonably close in terms of story, but you know how we are in dragging things out like that. But, um, yeah, there's, um, probably like, if you think about it, they'll be getting to Atlanta Lost, taking it, and then the final showdown, and that's potentially it. Well, yeah, I mean, we are getting close to the story's end. Atlanta Lost would be kind of like, as you say, the big showdown, but necessarily mean it's the end. Well, unless... And there's a lot of other content as well that needs to be done in between. You know, we know you've got to go and arrange transport and stuff, so yeah. there's a lot of laughing uh, about going on there. Can we just not book a lot of Ubers? <laughs> <laughs> but also we, we might, uh, you know, find ourselves outside of Landalus ready to um, attack and you know, with the army and everything, and suddenly we're being banished in another plane, and then we start plane shifting. Who knows? Yeah. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. New Waterhold and fight all the vampires and say hi to Styx. Yeah, <laughs> add Styx and resurrect him. <laughs> um, Steve's asked, or oh, Gilded Branches asked me on the chat, how did I enjoy streaming? The game myself last time. Uh, it was fun, but it was stressful, and I f- it caused me to forget an awful lot of things that had actually gone on in the game because I was too busy faffing around with the computer. So uh, I definitely think it is a job for someone to be doing other than myself. Not because of my technological incompetence, but because you got enough to worry about with actually DMing anyway. So it's not. Um, it's not something for that. Um, so the other two questions were, but we'll bear these in mind and we'll sort of, if you want to jump in with the recap, uh, in your minds, what do you think about the last session's revelations? Um, and that's, so by that, I mean, you know, when Lord Taylor said the, uh, the city will be left to you to do what you need to do with it, um, rule it or pass it on to someone else, for example. Um, and as we had the recording er- recording error, would you like to talk about the episode for anyone who didn't see it uh, to go towards the recap for episode 22? But bear those two in mind, and we'll cover those perhaps at the end of the recap. Did you guys want to ask me anything before we go into the recap? Ooh, well, we've had one or two little questions. We had a couple of bits, yeah. Hmm. Who, wants to, who wants to go first? <laughs> what are we up? I don't think I came up with any, so I'll just be stealing yours. Oh, <laughs> steal away, dear boy, steal away. Oh, that's the first one. So characters are fragile, some more than others. <coughs> Mr. Branch. Um, how do you balance writing ahead and planning storylines for characters that might not survive the night? 
Well, I never, I never try and kill you, as I've said. Um, but it does happen, and if it does happen, then we just adapt. It, it, it is literally the case. I'll just adapt. Um, but I don't try and set the encounters up to kill people. I would like them to be challenging. Um, and this is the first long-running campaign I've ever done. I've always done one-shots. This is the first great big campaign. So as we're going through into higher levels, we're in territory that I've never even been in before. So we're trying to populate the encounters with things which will be challenging to you, but maybe not too hard. You know, I don't want it to kill you, but I want it to challenge you. Um, and I've sort of thrown in little testers here and there to see with your current abilities what can be done. So that whole dream state of um, HK Keenan, where you're trying to sort of rescue him um, from the Tempest dream, I chucked in some really hardcore stuff into that. And I didn't play it to its full potential. So I thought, all right, let's see what can be done. So when we had the Black Dragon in the swamp, Again, that was an ancient black dragon that was still kind of outside of your wheelhouse. But by not playing it to its full potential and knowing you guys have got some decent gear, you were able to beat it. So, um, yeah, in all adapting things, or I always keep this part of the story quite fluid anyway. So the start was always set and the finish is, I know where it's going to end, but it always changes depending on what you guys do anyway. So I think the flexibility and fluidity are the um, the keys and to anyone who is running their own campaigns you know homebrew it's a bit different when it's published but um yeah it depends just... on the group as to whether it's different when it's published exactly yeah. fairly fun directions even if it's published <laughs> it's it, it's quite a, it's a difficult one to answer because you know, i don't plan to kill anyone if it happens it happens we'll just adapt but um yeah it's just it's just week on week you know, I tend to have about two or three story arcs or lines written, and then I just adapt those week on week um, and branch off in new ways or converge them to make it more interesting or something like that. Um, <clears throat> Mine of Agamond has said, uh, was Vebava something you pre-designed or has it just been a natural evolution of an idea you had? Uh, no, it was pre-designed. Um, the ending was preordained and then the beginning was and I said the middle the middle has kind of just been fluid there was always ideas of where it might go obviously when I came up with the idea I kind of had a story in mind and then crafted the world to suit the story and then I populated it with the cities and who are the key people in those cities what are the political um, factors that shape and influence how people interact with each other etc 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 so uh it does naturally evolve, however, as the game goes on, because the players interact with things and can change political views and change, you know, the landscape. So, a uh, bit of a pre-designed, but also a um, bit of natural evolution. Uh, I don't plan to kill anyone, but if I do, it's a bonus. Um, sort of. <laughs> it's always fun to have to deal with that, I suppose. But um, any any other guy, anything else you guys want to do? Pose as a question. Um, mine is very similar to uh, Steve's. It's just I, I was wondering, you know, one day you you have made your story. We come up and we decide to disregard completely your story and decide to go somewhere else. <laughs> what are you going to do? Are you going to just go with it or <laughs> stop? You've done that so many times. 
Oh, you've heavy. done it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. The amount of times I the great well, this is the great thing. If you know your story yourself, if you know the law and you know roughly where you want things to go, you can just as long as you've got enough stuff available to you, like character things or stat blocks ready to go if it's combat or something like that, you can kind of just make stuff up. I mean, you guys don't notice it, I don't think, half the time. Um, no, we're done. You know, there are, there are many, many times where I just go, okay, now I have to sort of, you know, think on my feet and, you know, we make stuff up as I go along. And then I, that's the great advantage of the podcast or the YouTube. I can go back and go, right, now what was that thing I said so that I can incorporate that and make sure that that gets remembered for if it needs to be done again in the future or remembered in the future. Um, but, yeah, I, I make up a lot of stuff. I think a lot of DMs just make up a lot of stuff as they go along because there's so many things that I can't guarantee you. You know, I can't say you're going to definitely go this way or that way. And I don't know how what questions you're going to ask. Sometimes you might ask a question I haven't even thought, oh, they might have asked that, you know, so there's no actual set answer for it. Um, Gilda Branch, do I ever pull punches or fudge rolls? No. <laughs> I'm, I, I know I can't, we don't have a digital dice roller. I do prefer physical dice. Um, and I trust you guys with not fudging rolls. I think everyone's fairly honest with it. But no, I don't. Um, and I think, I think, to be honest, you know the answer to that because I tried to have Meatleaf chucked overboard on the airship and, you know, the amount of times I've killed you, I think you probably know by now I don't, I don't fudge rolls. If it's a crit- I tend to have pretty crappy rolls anyway, to be honest. I'm not a very good roller, but... Um, there we are. Um, any other ones? Or do you want to head towards the recap and go into 23? I think that pretty much covers what we had. Yeah, I think that'll do for now. Don't oh, Branch has got one last one. Let's hold something in reserve. How many hmm. eggs? Biggest yeah. influence. My biggest influence. Let's wait for the response. I think he means my biggest influence. My biggest influence over the whole creation of this is probably, it's very Tolkien, I think, but not high fantasy. It's, it's fantasy, isn't it? But it's kind of like steampunky, uh, sci-fi in a way as well. Um, but I do like I do like a lot of the Tolkien esque ideas of you know dwarves living under mountains and the elves being um, immortal, as I put it, long lived. Let's say longer than your average bear. Bear. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's, it's quite Tolkien esque, but it's it takes inspiration from other things like you know just sci fi stuff, I guess. But um, if there's nothing else, let's have the recap. And bear in mind those two questions as well. Um, uh, blah, 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 blah. If there's anything you want to add to the recap, and if there's any thoughts on the last episode's revelations. Pardon me. Right. Uh, episode 23, the recap. <laughs> <laughs>